I did when I signed up to run is I um, looked at my opponent not for negative things, not for what am I going to hit this guy on and why do I not like him, but I looked up what we had in common. I found that we're both hockey fans, and I just got this picture in my head of I want to continue to see him as someone I might see at a hockey game, as someone that we might have a beer and discuss the game and and talk about, you know, the player that got suspended for a stupid reason or like just have that normal human interaction. And I always want to see him as a person. And I hope that he feels the same way. And I hope that it can be that kind of race that we'll talk about ideals. We'll talk about the things that one of us feels are not getting done or the other feels that that person's not good at, or I'm sure there'll be a lot of that, but it won't ever be personal from me. And I hope that it won't be personal from him. Hello, and welcome to The Joe Mobley Show. I'm your host, Joe Mobley, and you're listening to the only place in cyberspace where we talk about being conservative. We hit on current events, the politically correct cancel culture, and problems with civil discourse. But most importantly, we discuss what you can do to come out of the conservative closet. The Joe Mobley Show is a new and exciting podcast that airs weekly on Monday mornings. We have a range of controversial topics on deck. Even so, it's important that we hear from you what matters most. Be sure to send questions, comments, and things you'd like to hear discussed to ask at thejoemobleyshow.com. That's ask at thejoemobleyshow.com. To make sure you stay informed on the latest content, be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Welcome back to The Joe Mobley Show. Thanks for joining us. Of course, as always, make sure that you like, share, and subscribe to this video. It's available, not this video, this podcast is audio, and it's available wherever you listen to podcasts. And I'm just going to leave that in because I don't edit the guest gaffes, so I won't edit mine either. Uh, but be sure to like, share, and subscribe. And if you really want to help out, then rate and review the show. I say this all the time, guys, uh, but five-star ratings. If you're going to go one through four, then leave a comment. Let me know what we can do better. Uh, and speaking of doing things better, we have a really awesome guest for you guys tonight. We have Miss Sarah White, who is running in Virginia in the 53rd Congressional District. Sarah, how are you? I am great. I love that introduction. Speaking of doing things better, that was perfect. Did you plan that? <laughs> I did not, because I would have had to plan the screw up first. <laughs> uh, yeah, but we are just, you know, having a good time. Just got back from a barbecue. Um, it was, it's interesting, given the mood, though, it was an alcoholless barbecue. It was dry, but we played a drinking game. And it was pretty tough. I can't imagine playing this game with alcohol. Uh, so I'm just going to have to describe it now. It was like these two like PVC pipes like stuck into the ground with a bottle on top of them, say 15, 20 yards apart. And you throw a Frisbee. You and there's two teams. You throw a Frisbee and try and knock. You try and hit the, uh, the PVC pipe so it knocks the bottle down. The other team has to catch the bottle and the Frisbee at all times. Um, so if you miss the pole, they just got to catch the Frisbee. But it's like one point for the Frisbee touching the ground and two points if the bottle touches the ground. So the whole time, we did it with no alcohol. You're supposed to be holding a cup 
like a cup of something. So there's supposed to be like a drinking element to this, and you're supposed to be throwing and catching the frisbee with one hand and this freaking bottle. Uh, yeah, it was pretty tough and pretty hilarious without the alcohol. So I can't even imagine like what the heck is this like. I can't imagine that either. I'm not coordinated enough to do that. That game's already got me. Yeah, it was it was actually a lot of fun. Uh, so that's what people tune in to the Joe Mobley show. I don't know if you're a listener, but uh, people just really want to hear us break down backyard games. Um, <laughs> we're talking ladder ball, um, bocce ball, you know, all of the enhancements. Uh, tabletop games while playing backyard games. Maybe have a game of Risk or Catan going while you're throwing the Frisbee. Now, um, if you want to go bocce ball, I got you. I can do some bocce ball. I don't know what happened to my bocce ball set. So, But we're done moving. We're here. We're back in Virginia. We are not moving. We're Eliza, if you're listening to this, we're not moving ever. Uh, once things get real bad, then sorry, guys, we're going to have to move. But that brings us... To what we're talking about, it's 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 the culture war, it's current events, it's everything, you know, it's almost like comedy is less funny now and real life is, is really funny. Just it's really true. strange things happening, um, not the least of which is, is you know, our, our beloved state is always in the news. Um, you know, Fairfax is usually more than Loudoun. In recent months, it's been Loudoun County, but you guys are right there, you know, most of the time as well. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself and, and why you got involved. You know, I, I say uncloseted conservative. I think it's pretty clear at this point that you're out of the conservative closet. If anyone didn't know, um, Sarah. Wait, is, whoa, what? We're telling people? <laughs> yeah, Hold up. Sarah's, you know, she's, she's done the thing, the, the crime against humanity and put the R in parentheses. Uh, after her name. Now, what some people will tell you is that stands for racist, but it doesn't. Oh, that's <laughs> it does terrible. Not. I know. They say the same thing about me. Uh, it's, yeah, we, we can't get past it. It's fine. Uh, but anyway. That is ironically one of the reasons I wanted to run for office is that I feel like it's gotten very divisive and ugly and name calling. And that's just not what I studied growing up. I, I don't know about you, but you know, I always thought it was supposed to be people with different ideas coming together to solve problems for their community. And that is what I want to do. I want to talk to everybody and hear what I work in a restaurant. So I've been in restaurants for 20 years. Your kitchen table issues become our kitchen table issues because you're at our kitchen table. So I get to hear what's going on in a lot of different walks of life. And, you know, people really open up to you, especially your regulars that you see frequently. And I was I was like, wait, I can solve that. Or I have an idea about that. And how do I get a seat at the table to bring these ideas forward? And, and the best way seemed like running for state delegate here in Falls Church, where I could really get out there and have some conversations that matter. So you say, she says she works in a restaurant. You run restaurants, <laughs> uh, more than one, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, yeah. Once a These, server, always a server. In no, my okay. brain, I will always be a server in a restaurant. Yes, I run four of them, um, and I, I very much enjoy doing that. But anytime they say we're short a server, I come running. And inevitably, they filled in the spot before I get there, and I don't get to do it very often. But mm -hmm. just in case, I keep an apron in the car. 
See, and that was, I remember that because when I first met you, we've only met once before this. It was at, you know, one of those types of events, a thousand people. It's like everyone's meeting everyone. Uh, there probably one or a thousand people there. But, uh, 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 of course, at, at the Young Ken event right before the convention. But people don't realize that, like, business skills are applicable uh, in in helping to steer our society and not saying that it's the worst thing in the world that AOC was a bartender. Personally, I don't care. Um, but, you know, here we have a lifetime businessman, kind of bootstrapper guy running for governor. Um, we also have hardworking people, uh, you know, a Marine and and a former SCOTUS clerk uh, running for the, the top three offices in Virginia, um, but all the way down to state delegate, which matters. I'm telling you, people, politics at the lowest level, at the county level, is really where things happen. Your school board runs so much more of your life than the federal government uh, and your city council, your board of supervisors, whatever you got, uh, but also your state delegates. I promise the governor of your state and your state legislature have so much more of a daily impact. Really, the federal government is like taxes. People feel taxes. And if you commit a felony, then you will feel that, uh, I, I'm sure. <laughs> but Well, it's strange to me that people don't know their state delegates. Like, we're split up in Virginia into 100 districts. So there's supposed to be approximately 96,000. Mine has about 80,000 people in it. Like, you should know who your delegate is. You should have some sort of comfort level emailing them when you need something or when you care passionately about something going on in your area or something affects your business or your family. You should 100% feel like you have contact with that person. There's a reason that you have to live in the community that you're running for. And that's all I want is to just have that relationship with our community. If you had told me I could meet everybody in my neighborhood running for office, I'd have done this years ago. This is fantastic for meeting everyone and I'm totally the golden retriever of people. <laughs> so um, you you hit on a little bit about why you're running and kind of the call that you answered is things are getting more and more divisive and polarizing. And I think everyone relates to that. Um, if you ask 10 different people, you get 10 different answers. What are some of the like hot button issues? What are some of the things that excite you about um, being able to be a delegate um, if you have a top issue or two, then, you know, take it away. We're, we're here to chat about it. Absolutely. Well, I mean, the biggest thing to me is if you've ever worked in a restaurant and you have just gotten crashed on a Friday night when everything just did not go your way and it was completely horrible, you know that you kind of do a little evaluation afterwards. You get together with your team and your managers and you say, how can we make sure we never ever do that again. This is not going to be an every Friday event. And I feel like that's what we kind of just did as, as a planet at this point. It just went through the worst Friday night of our lives, this terrible pandemic where there was loss of life and you didn't know who was sick and who wasn't and how to protect ourselves. And the information was just all over the place. And we're seeing now that maybe information we got wasn't correct. Maybe it was, who knows? You can't even tell anymore. I don't want to ever, ever do that again. I don't know about you, but I assumed in the governor's office somewhere there was like a shelf with books for like pandemic. Okay, pull this one out. Hurricane. Okay, pull this one out. And it was just this plan. 
And I'm shocked to find out, no, you're on your own. We're just going to make it up as we go. So how can we never do that? How can we make sure that we do start planning for not only should there be another pandemic, but anything that faces Virginia to make sure that we are pulling our book out and saying, okay, here's how we're going to take care of our people. It won't be perfect. There's always going to be a little wiggle room. There's always going to be something we didn't anticipate, but we should be better prepared than we have been. I've got news for you. Um, Again, we don't, Sarah and I, we don't know each other like intimately. I'm actually a Homeland Security professional and there are plans for all sorts of things in insofar as emergency operations goes or cog continuity of governance. Um, I don't know what the heck they were doing. Um, (laughs) It's something that I do. I've written the plans. I've executed the plans. I, um, I don't talk about, and obviously can't talk about my actual work. Um, but I, I consult in this space. I, at all sorts of levels. And a lot of that stuff was just tossed out. They were like, because here's the problem. And a lot of people don't know about this, but the whole, the linchpin of emergency operations and emergency powers and all of that, the constant balance that everyone who has degrees in this, all of the legal scholars, all of the judges and the policymakers and supposedly the executives and whatnot, the, the balancing act is civil liberties and security where can we balance civil liberty and security? Because I can make you safe. I can kidnap a whole bunch of people and put them in basically a prison and control every aspect of their lives. And some governments have tried this. It'd be an incredibly safe environment. Of course, it's incredibly oppressive. Um, You know, you don't see any assaults in solitary confinement or Guantanamo Bay or anywhere like that. Uh, But they definitely, the, the security and civil liberty equation was turned on its head for like the last 18 months. But that's like a whole nother podcast. <laughs> like, it seems like it would be easier to figure that out when we're not in the middle of an emergency. Like oh, yeah. it'd be an easier time to maybe sit down and hash that out and come up with lines yeah. when we're not in the middle of needing them. That's rule number one. You don't want to be making those plans while you're like trying to like swim, you know, tread water. Uh, but anyway, well, they didn't ask have, us. You ever, have you ever eaten at a Chick-fil-A? Right? Everybody's eating at a Chick-fil-A. Oh, and you yeah. know how busy they get? And, you know, they still crush it. Like, you've got your chicken sandwich and you're on your way. Like, you just need more restaurant people involved. That's all I'm saying. Restaurant people, we're good. We go, we come in, we see a problem, we solve it, we move on. It's almost like restaurants are too efficient for the government. It scares them. <laughs> uh, yeah, who, who can say? Um, there are some safeguards in the inefficiency of government, but, man, there's some really annoying stuff. Like, if you've ever driven over a pothole that's there for, like, nine months, you're like, I could grow a baby in nine months, but they can't fix this freaking pothole. Uh, baby's on my mind because my wife's pregnant, so I'm thinking in nine-month increments, I guess. Um, so everyone can't run for office. And for so many people where the message is do what you can where you are, uh, for the courageous among us, it's run for office. Hats off to you, to Scott Pio, Nick Clemente. Um, I interviewed Julie Perry. Um, and now I'm thinking, is it Julia? No, it's Julie. I'm not crazy. It's Julie, Julie. Running in the, 20, the 86th. Yeah. 26th. Yes. So who knows where that is? Julie is in 86th. And, you know, hats off to all of you. I I know that a lot of this particular audience, they're like, you know, my brand is coming out of the conservative closet. 
being encouraged and getting confident to share your opinions and your thoughts and your beliefs and realizing there's life on the other side. So for a lot of the listening audience, running for office is just off the table. They're still you know, in the conservative closet. Maybe they're liberal and they're afraid to tell their friends, family, whatever, that they don't think conservatives are racist or bigots or uh, that they don't think that guns are evil or anything like that. People are hiding about a lot of issues. But what's something that people can do that's an in-between? They're not ready to step out and run for office. Um, they're not starting podcasts. But, you know, what's, what's your message to people to just do what they can where they are? You have no idea how many people I have in this camp right now. I mean, consider where I live, Falls Church. I mean, that's, oh, yeah. it's a 70-30 district. So it's, you know, it's a lot of people that every time I walk... 30 in Northern Virginia? Wow. Right, yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, when I knock on a door, I feel kind of like I just got called to the table because you asked for a manager. Like, I'm like, this could go really badly or really well, and I'm not sure which yet. So it's... Fortunately, we have a lot of very friendly people, and I have no complaints about that. And people don't yell at me at their doors, just to be clear. I'm not encouraging that either, just also to be clear. But um, no, it's just a matter of when I have these conversations with my friends, the first thing that I tell them is how important our community is. And I talk about issues facing them and facing, you know, right and left. It doesn't matter. And I don't believe in boxes. I'm really, really stringent on the fact that I don't want put into this category. I I don't even love the terms conservative and liberal and progressive. And what do they really mean? They might mean one thing to me and another thing to you and another thing to someone else. So I try not to use them. And I just say, you know, getting our kids educated, that matters to everyone. Making sure that our businesses are open and people have jobs, that matters to everybody. Being safe on the street, whether that's me walking up the street at 2 a.m. or you, or, you know, being safe from people around us, being safe from police officers. Like, it's that's important to everybody. And I think if you just keep hitting those issues, um, everybody sees that you're not so far apart. And then somewhere in there, somebody says, wait, which party are you running for? <laughs> and it, it always comes up somewhere down the conversation. Um, it used to be the first thing people ask, and I've, I've found a way to, to kind of talk past that. And then when I say Republican, they're like, oh, okay. Whereas if it's the only thing you know about me when you meet me is I'm a Republican, a lot of people, you know, 70-30, they run. So mm-hmm. it's just getting around that and not assuming what the other people are going to think of you. And not assuming who I am because of the R beside my name. Like that has nothing to do with it. I I just have a big heart and care about our community. So please don't put me in a box and I won't put you in a box. And then we'll just have an open conversation. It's incredible that we're in a place in our country, in our society, where it's a profound thought to say, you shouldn't judge a book by its cover. Like That's like <laughs> deep and profound. People are meditating on it day and night. And you're, you're absolutely right, because there are liberals that are pro-gun. I'm related to some of them. And there are conservatives that are pro-extremely high taxes. There are conservatives that are for progressive tax rates. Um, know a lot of them, too. So the, the boxing, you actually need to talk to someone and develop some type of relationship, being on the sidewalk and looking over at someone who's a community member saying, hey, you know, I'm Joe, I'm Sarah. How are you doing today? That's a relationship. 
that in and of itself. So you actually have to form a relationship with people to find out what they stand for, what they believe in. Uh, I go around town and I've got my all of my conservative shirts. I've got some that make fun of Biden and maybe I shouldn't wear them, but I'm still definitely going to wear those shirts. I've got my uncloseted conservative shirt, but still people don't know everything about me. They're usually confused because they're like, well, this guy's obviously black. So I don't know what to make of it. Um, and uh, sometimes I wear stuff that's a little bit more inflammatory, but that's a story for another day. Um, yeah, but I love it. Talk to people and don't lead with the R, the D, the P, the I, the whatever else. Um, yeah. Wow, well, it's, it's weird that this is that- profound. <laughs> Exactly. Well, it's not okay to judge somebody based on their religion, right? And it's not okay to judge somebody based on, you know, their sexual orientation. It's not okay to judge somebody on their skin color. Why is it okay to judge people on, you know, where they stand on their political ideals? Like, you may dislike some of the thoughts, but I'm guaranteeing that there are no two people. As much as you pick the person that you think you are just the least like, that you would have nothing in common with. And I guarantee if you sat down and had a conversation, you'd find you're more in common than you think. The first thing I did when I signed up to run is I um, looked at my opponent, not for negative things, not for what am I going to hit this guy on and why do I not like him? But I looked up what we had in common. I found that we're both hockey fans. And I just got this picture in my head of I want to continue to see him as someone I might see at a hockey game as someone that we might have a beer and discuss the game and and talk about you know the player that got suspended for a stupid reason or like just have that normal human interaction and I always want to see him as a person and I hope that he feels the same way and I hope that it can be that kind of race that we'll talk about ideals we'll talk about the things that one of us feels are not getting done or the other feels that that person's not good at or I'm sure there'll be a lot of that but it won't ever be personal from me. And I hope that it won't be personal from him. That reminds me of a time in undergrad. I had this really fabulous, um, I went to Liberty uh, and I had this really fabulous New Testament teacher and nope, Old Testament teacher, uh, Dr. Uh, Michael Smith. And he was telling us, don't ever talk down to an evolutionist um, or an atheist of some kind because you don't ever say that they're stupid, they're evil, anything like that. He's saying they just think something different than you and they're doing the best that they can. And apart from what you believe, apart from believing in a creator God, they're doing the best that they can. They've they've come up with some of the best uh, theory out there. Um, So at, you know, 19, 20 years old, that really influenced me because I'm thinking people on the other side of the aisle, whatever that is, there's not just an aisle. There's, there's so much political ideology. That's not just liberal and conservative. Um, thinking in the UK, they've got several different parties, um, and at least four or five prominent parties, but I can't think all of my ways are the best ways, the highest ways. The people that think things differently than me are doing the best that they can, and they're trying to do good. Um, You know, I have huge problems with socialism, but the desire for socialism is everybody should have a decent amount of stuff. It's it's almost like it reminds me of, like, childlike faith. Um, 
not in a pejorative way. It's just, I don't think it's an idea that can work, uh, but I can't think that everyone who thinks that it could work, particularly young people, a lot of young people think that that could work. I don't think it's because they're evil and I don't call them names and throw shakes on them or anything like that. Um, so kind of restating what you said, yeah, we, we have to, everyone says come together. <laughs> But we do. We have to come together. Well, nobody gets into politics or activism because they want to see worse for humanity. Like, nobody does that. Nobody's like, you know, I'm going to volunteer my time to try to make the world worse. Nobody. We're all yeah. out there going, I'm going to volunteer my time and my money and, and put my whole heart into this because I believe in a way to make the world better. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm not. And in all honesty, I bet I have some good ideas. I'll bet you have some good ideas. I'll bet my opponent has some good ideas. If we all just have those conversations and bring them to the table, imagine what we could come up with if we work together. Because, you know, the best ideas come from the people that I least agree with when we sit down. Yeah, and our, our government's supposed to be good ideas over a long period of time. Uh, we'll we'll get you there. But that, I think that's why people fish around for different roles they go like school board city council maybe a state office uh and on and on and on because it really is it's 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 good ideas over a long period of time um i just feel i could be ron swanson in government just like i can to answer just uh although i can't seem to find a claymore uh and if i but if i could it would be on my desk for sure uh, <laughs> Well, I'm definitely like, I don't need a title. I'm not very, I'm not the person that walks into a room and says, everybody look at me. Like, I'm just, I'm not very good at that. Of course, I'm having to learn a little bit as I go. But if you would just let me, you know, maybe sit over here to the side and throw in some good ideas now and then, I would be totally great with that. But that's not the way the system works. The system works by titles and by who you are. And I did not come from a family with money. And I don't have any claim to fame. So I'm going to run and change the narrative in whatever way I have to do it, which is communication, which is either running for office and achieving that and taking a seat at the table or by poking my opponent and making him better. <laughs> so you wake up, you're a delegate, Sarah White. What do you think like the coolest thing about being a delegate will be? And what do you think like the hardest part of the job will be? Okay, so the coolest thing to me is I'm a huge history person. I love to, I won't say buff because I'm not, I'm, I don't memorize facts well as far as historical. And I know a lot of general stories, but I'm not, I'm not that expert. I'm just not my thing. So I, I'm really looking forward to seeing the parts of the Capitol I might not have been able to see before. I can practically give you the Capitol tour from what I can see of it. So getting to see the rest of it and then just meeting people. Like I said, Golden Retriever people absolutely love meeting everybody and to get to meet people, um, you know, even around the state that I, I would not have ordinarily had opportunity to interact with, I think will be very exciting. Um, for complications, I don't know. I'm not thinking much about that. I'm just, uh, I'm just focused on the positive. I am probably naively optimistic about most things. So... Sorry. 
Hey, it works for NASA. Instead of being like, oh, let's think about what could go wrong. It's like, let's wait for something to go wrong, and then we'll tackle the problem. Uh, we don't need to just be gaining anxiety over here thinking about all the things that could go wrong. Oh, my gosh. What if what if the first day there's this big vote? What if there's COVID-2 on the first day? <laughs> I never thought I had that much in common with NASA. You just made my whole day. Yeah, let's wait for something to maybe signal that it's going wrong, and then... <laughs> uh, like, oh, yeah, they're not going to hit you with emergency operations on day one. Like, the Virginian government is dead and you're the lone survivor. <laughs> <laughs> Madam Governor White. Like, yeah, here's the keys to the Virginia National Guard. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. So, Probably uh, not. Uh, but just in case, I got the rights to that story. Uh, that okay, book, all right. Launch a series. Uh, Awesome. All right. So I ask everyone this. Um, I need to come up with a better way to ask it because I think more people are confused by the question. Uh, so religious, overtly religious books are out. Thinking Bible, Quran, like a prescriptive religious text because everyone of faith would pick that book. So you can get everyone on earth to read and understand one book um, and, and really get it. Uh, what would you choose and why? Oh, but you took out all the major books that like influence you, society. You can use religious books like C.S. Lewis books, um, My Utmost for His Highest. Uh, but, you know, all Christians say the Bible, all Mormons will say the Book of Mormon, all, um, uh, you know, Jews would probably say like the Pentateuch or something. Well, no, uh, but I'm very strange about that. So I've um, studied several religions. Uh, I I really enjoy learning more about them. My grandfather, I got that from him. He studied religions around the world and, and just wanted to understand faith better and try to make his relationship with God better. And so I've kind of taken that from him and studied so many religions. And, and I, I couldn't narrow it down to... You should know a little bit about everything, but I think taking the best of and, and this is a rabbit hole. You're getting me down now. You said 30 minutes, but it's it's one of those things where I think if you see the intent behind each one of them, that it was about love and it was about understanding who we are and it was about a way to interpret the world around them, that you find even in our biggest religious fights that that we really just want the same things. We really just want the same things in politics and in religion. And, and so I just, I couldn't, I couldn't ever put my finger on one thing that you should know or read, but I would encourage everybody to go outside of their box. It's not about changing religion. It's about expanding your knowledge of what other people are going through. Interesting. I haven't had this answer. You didn't actually pick a book. <laughs> Uh, just some some broad. I had one guy picked an author. He was like anything by this person, and then he named like a series of books. I'm like, man, this is this is a lot to uh, dig into because they were all lengthy books too. Um, all right, cool. Well, that is all I have. If there's anything that you want to leave the listeners with, I did not say the name of your website because I failed. Uh, but if you want to support Sarah, and you should because she's doing um, just bold and courageous things here in Northern Virginia, you can go to Sarah, the number four, VA.com. That's Sarah4VA.com. You can also catch her on Twitter, Sarah4VA. 
again. Um, and that is Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, the number four, V-A. Um, you can donate. That's never a bad idea to donate. Uh, you can donate to her right on her website, and there's a link to her website from that Twitter page. And I see the little Instagram and Facebook thing, but I don't have Instagram or Facebook, so, so there. I'm not going to be hey, visiting guess your pages. What the, guess what those are? What? Sarah for VA. <laughs> <laughs> My friend laughs, and he once he's heard that they were everything, he's like, Sarah forever? <laughs> and so I just thought that was clever. Hey, you got it, because it was a pain. Freaking JoeMobley.com was taken, all right? I'm still upset about it. I offered to buy the domain from the guy. Let's face it, his site's pretty lame, and I looked at the version control, and it's been dormant for like four years and i messaged him and said hey man can i buy this domain for you he's like oh i I might be getting back into it anyway so my site is the joe mobley show.com because joe mobley.com is tied up with a very boring site um (laughs) anyway this is probably the most publicity (laughs) yeah i think this is the most publicity joe mobley.com has gotten in the last four years um yeah, so after you're done Googling that, uh, then head on to thejoemobleyshow.com where I launched a shop and I'm waving my arms like you can see me, but you can't. Uh, yes, but I launched a shop. You can buy all kinds of merchandise. I'm going to have some Father's Day merchandise drop in probably by Monday, depending on how quickly I can work. Um, so Monday is the same day that this podcast comes out, unless this one comes out next Monday, in which case... Let's see. When is Father's Day? I don't even know what day it is right now because it's been that kind of week at work. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But it's always a pleasure getting to speak with you a whole of two times. It was fun last time. It was fun this time. (laughs) And uh, we have to do this again. I'm sure we'll run into each other at an event because Patty has always got me out at all of the... uh, I'm one of the male members of the Loudoun County Republican Women. Uh, Yep. It is what it is. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so we'll have to catch up again soon. And I think the listeners are really going to enjoy this episode. And I hope they show that enjoyment and that satisfaction uh, by visiting your website and giving you some follows and some shares and retweets and whatever they do on Instagram. I don't know, like click a little Insta button or something. There's a little um, heart. You have to okay. click the heart. Go to her Instagram <laughs> You guessed it. It's Sarah, the number four VA, and click the little hearts and um, Facebook, you know, get through all the ads and then like. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Joe Mobley Show. Remember to subscribe and make sure you don't miss out on future content. You can always show your support by leaving a review or making a financial contribution by going to thejoemobleyshow.com and hitting support the show. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. If that was the first prayer you've ever prayed, I hope it won't be the last. Until next time, this is The Joe Mobley Show.